Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 209. Thank you so much for joining us. We're happy to spend our Monday morning with you. We are so excited to share an interview with you guys today with our friend Kirsten from Magical Cake. We talked so much about curating your style, how to stick with it over time, and then what to do once you finally get that growth that you're looking for. Yeah, it's it's very insightful. And, you know, it's a conversation that we've wanted to have for a long time, you know, just how to create something that you're proud of and follow through with it. So without further ado, we're going to turn it over to Kirsten and she's going to introduce herself and share one random fact that you may not know about her from social media. All right. Well, again, my name is Kirsten. I am originally from Memphis, Tennessee, currently living in Orlando. I've been here for uh, maybe a little over 40 days. It seems like I've been here for two years, but not too long here to, you know, live out my Disney dream. And I'm here with my friends. It's a great place to be. But I, um, I guess something that I people don't know about me from Instagram. I really love nature. I really love plants. Uh, I'm trying to trying to turn my thumb green. I don't have one of those, but I, you know, I'm trying to keep all my plants alive and surround myself with beautiful green, basically nature in my room. And it's, it hasn't been working out for me, but I'm, I'm trying. So one day we're going to keep the plants alive, but gardening is kind of a newer, newer hobby of mine. So slowly, but surely trying to keep plants alive. <laughs> I feel like so many people have picked that up recently. It feels like, and it is truly underrated. Like if you yeah. are just born with a green thumb, I mean, that is that's a gift right there, because if you're not, it is impossible. I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, I, you know, quarantine, people are bored. We're trying things that we probably have no business doing. <laughs> I have no business planting things, but we're going to try. <laughs> Since we are now in the Orlando area as well, I'll have to send it to you after I saw a TikTok the other day and it was like the world's largest succulent and cacti oh. farm is in Orlando. Oh, wow. OK, I have a thing for succulents because they're low maintenance. So. <laughs> Except for they claim to be low maintenance and then somehow we still end up killing them all. Yeah, I kill those, too. <laughs> but... The, the lifespan's a lot longer, you know. <laughs> we can get some good use out of succulents in this house. <laughs> For sure. So we'll all continue working. Maybe someday we'll get there. I feel like even like wedding favors are now, it's more popular to give a succulent than anything. It's very strange. It is. I got is one at a baby shower. Oh. Who knew? Ooh. But we want to lay that foundation for our listeners to learn and to be able to relate to your Disney story. So if you could share that with us, you know, how did you fall in love with it? How has it grown over time? And what are those steps along the way? Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't ever really remember a time in my life where Disney wasn't in the picture. And and so it was introduced to me very early. You know, I see videos of me, my, you know, second or third birthday and my third Christmas when I actually can play with toys and, you know, all of the toys around there, the little mermaid, uh, my first trip to Walt Disney world, I was three years old. I do not remember it, but when I was seven year old years old, that's actually the first Disney world trip that I do remember. And from there, I would say that that's when my, my deep rooted obsession and love of Disney parks kind of started. And I, you know, I would talk to my friends and my cousins and tell them about how Disney parks, they were superior to universal and they were superior to six flags and all of these other theme parks when I was seven years old. And so that's kind of where 
my love of Disney started and, you know, how we got to the Instagram, it, it all spiraled from there. And, you know, we would go there every other year. My family, we would go to Disney. Um, I just it was our family trip. And so we all had happy memories there. Uh, my parents got along and my sister, she would come on the trips with us. And it was just, it was a great time. And so, you know, I have a lot of really happy memories with the Disney parks. And so I, as far as when I started my Instagram, I would say the last trip that we went to Disney, I was in high school. I think I was 16 years old. After that, it there was an eight-year gap between when I had gone to a Disney park. And so I, you know, went on this study abroad trip to Japan. And at that moment, I, I knew I was like, if I'm going to Japan, I cannot leave Japan without going to Tokyo Disneyland. So I, you know, I convinced my group that we needed to go there the very last week of the trip. We went to Tokyo Disneyland. And after I came back that summer, I just I don't know. I just had a spark and something in me was like, you know, I I have to get back to Disney. And so I spent my summer figuring out how I would get back to Disney. And, And then I discovered the Disney College program. I did get accepted to that program. Um. I got accepted in September of 2014, I or 2013, sorry, and I worked for Disney for a year. And after that, I've just been basically throwing my pictures on Instagram, pretty much. <laughs> so I'm about setting the bar high yeah. with Tokyo Disneyland to be like your reintroduction back yeah. into the parks. I feel like, I mean, that's that's where people end their Disney journey. <laughs> re-sparked it there. Yeah. I mean, it was great. Um, I, one thing that stuck out to me, I, I mean, obviously it's, it's very similar. I was only able to go to Tokyo Disneyland because we only had one day and I, I have to get back so I can go to Tokyo Disney seas, but you know, it was very similar and we rode like rides that I remember, you know, big thunder mountain and splash mountain and space mountain. And I just remember this, we were in line for a splash mountain and this guest, you know, she is with her daughter and she's in the fast pass line and we're in the regular line. And, you know, all of us, we stand out because we're American, we're, you know, different races and we're different shapes and heights and everything. And so we stand out and she's like walking in the line and then she just kind of does it. She kind of turns around and she's like, hey, would you guys like to ride Fast Pass and Splash Mountain? And we were all confused. Like, yeah, what do you mean? Uh, Sure. And she's like, hey, come with me. And she had this pass where apparently her daughter was too short to get on the ride. And so now she had like an unlimited pass to ride Splash Mountain is like walk up as many times as she wanted for the year. And it was like a magical moment and it just sparked something in me. So, (laughs) Well, that is so cool. And who even knew that was possible? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, how random, but I feel like, I mean, like Brendan said, that's something that People never get the opportunity to do so for that to kind of completely turn everything on its head for you and then, you know, bring you back to Disney almost permanently. I mean, that's a pretty big moment. Yeah. And I, you know, I had no idea, but I, you know, I'd been I tried to get my friends and to go, you know, to establish like group friend trips to Disney and none of them ever stuck. And, you know, around that time, it was like, um, you know, it's the early, late, the late, early 2000s. And, you know, financially, like things changed for my parents and we just weren't going as much. And I, I just after that, I was like, I can't live without Disney anymore. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I know, obviously, the DCP is so popular and and so Mm -hmm. many people's entry into finding this deeper level of appreciation or deeper, deeper level of fandom. Did you know going into it that it was something that, you know, you wanted to take it a step further, that you wanted to document it and you wanted to, you know, make a project out of it and share your love for it with a broader audience? Yeah. So I actually... I I decided I wanted to do the DCP. I um, 
I, it's hard for me to remember, but essentially I stumbled upon people who were vlogging and blogging about their experience. And so I actually started a vlog uh, where I documented my experience from the application, like waiting for the application up into my acceptance. I didn't do a very good job of vlogging after I got there, (laughs) but um, pretty much like my experience from being a potential applicant to being accepted and going through check-in like that's documented on my YouTube and in the dips. And uh, so I went into it and I know I knew that I wanted to document my experience and I didn't necessarily, I didn't necessarily have a goal. I just, I wanted to share my experience with other people because I knew it's something where when people apply to the DCP, they heavily rely on that information about what the interviews are like and what, you you know, how you should be in the phone interview. What's the waiting process? What are the cues to know that acceptances are about to come out? And so I knew people were looking for that information. And so I just wanted to provide that information and also kind of document my journey. Um, I also started Disney bounding that summer. That was kind of, you know, it's a, it's really a waiting game. You know, I decided that I wanted to apply in June after I left my Tokyo trip in May, but the applications, you know, for the the spring season didn't drop until August and September. So it really was a waiting game. And, you know, my coping mechanism, I stumbled upon Disney bounding on Pinterest. And so you can also in the depths see really old Disney bounds that I have. So I, you know, I blogged this experience. I started putting my bounds on Instagram. And so my journey started there, but at that time I didn't really have a goal. So that didn't come until later. Well, I know if there's any potential DCP listeners out there, they would be remiss if we didn't ask, did you get the role that you wanted? And if you did or did not, you know, how did you adjust and, and how was that experience? Yeah. So I actually, so you, when you, when you do your interview, they ask you at least back when I did it, that was, that was in the dark ages, but they they ask you what your top three roles were. And I said, I wanted either Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. I wanted attractions or I wanted merchandise and I got attractions. So I did get one of my top three roles. That was my, my second choice out of the three. So I, and I honestly, um, you know, I think you're, the DCP experience, it is heavily reliant on roles. You know, I'm not going to lie. Like there are certain roles where people that have more turnover and more people wanting to leave than others. But I, in attractions, I feel like attractions is a great setup and I couldn't have asked for a better two rides to have. I had Winnie the Pooh and the Mad Tea Party and they were great. Those are fun. I know those are those are really cute, and at least they're in like the kind of the same area. They are. I don't yeah. know if this ever happens, but it almost be weird to be in like Space Mountain and then you know Frontierland or something. Well, you'd be in assigned to a land, right? Yeah, you'd be assigned to a land, and then of course, like you know, if you're operating something like mind train, then you can potentially be cross train in a different area. But when you're mind train, like your mind train, but poo and teacups are always a, they're a couple. So if you, if you get that attraction, you get them both. I think you are exactly right that it does, you know, you got to go into it with an open mind, but I, I have so much respect for parking attendants or working astro orbiter out in the sun. Oh yes. They are dedicated and I have the utmost appreciation for them. Oh, photo pass, lugging all that equipment around in the sun. Yeah. (laughs) I would have, I would definitely be the photo pass wearing like the long sleeves and the floppy hat and everything (laughs) I could. Yeah. To to get the sun. Yeah. (laughs) So, That is such an amazing story. And I think you have a very unique story, obviously, with Tokyo and and having an international park being the spark. So kind of what were those steps afterwards that have grown it into what it is today? And and obviously you're doing so many fun things on Instagram and on the blog and and you have so much going on and have really built a community, I'd say, around a lot of your passions and a lot of your interests. So Mm -hmm. what were those steps that, that got you there? 
Well, I, so I, I did my program 2014. I did two consecutive programs. After I left my program, I went back to Tennessee. So I moved to Knoxville and, you know, like I, I became the Disney person. So, you know, my Instagram, it really, when I was down here the first time I was primarily posting about Disney because that's what I was doing. That's where I worked. I got to go there for free. You know, that's what I did in my spare time. And then when I left, I found myself, you know, posting these, Oh, remember when da, 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 you know, Oh, I miss this, like all of those photos. And it just, it kind of became a place for my Disney memories and all these pictures that I had collected, but I had never posted. And then, um, you know, people started because that's what I was posting. I became the Disney person. Every time someone wanted to talk to me, they're like, Hey, are you going to Disney anytime soon? People would think that I was in Disney and I wasn't because of the pictures that I was posting. And then, um, it was, I would say spring of 2018, I had started a new, a new role at work and you know, I just felt like things were just very hectic in my life and I needed an outlet. I needed a place to be creative. And so I started this blog where I basically would just talk about tips and in looking at hashtags for how to promote my blog. That's when I realized that there were, there was this Instagram community. Cause when I went down to Disney, I had, I grew up thinking that there was, there weren't people like me who love Disney. And then when I went down there for my program, I realized that there were a ton of people that, that did love Disney. And then when I realized that there was an Instagram community and not only that, but there was like a black community of people who love Disney that looked exactly like me. They were, there are people my age. There were people that liked my fandoms that kind of gave me the push to be like, okay, like I can go full out and really put myself out there without any boundaries because I feel comfortable here. And, and then from there, this was spring of 2018 when I started my blog and and then it just, it shot off from there. And I think somewhere along the line in 2019, I, um, I kind of, then that's when I really got the goals as far as, you know, okay, I'm going to start curating this content. Cause before, when I first started my blog, I was posting older pictures from older trips. And so then in 2019 is when I started coming down here and specifically, getting content for my Instagram. Um, it's also 2019 is when I started making friends in this community, which, you know, all of, all of the people are great and they all have projects. And so I feel like I have to support everyone and, you know, be a part of their projects. And so, you know, I started creating content for that and then started group bounding with friends and it just, it blew up. (laughs) It really did. I think, you know, everyone can really relate to that moment of like, finding this community because it is so crazy, you know, living in another state and being so far away that you don't realize that there are other people who feel like you. Like it's almost Mm -hmm. like you're on this little island and then the more digging you start to do, the more you realize that, I mean, like you said, there's thousands of other people who have your same interests and that you can grow these friendships with. And I think, you know, we've had that same experience where, it does really allow you to kind of open yourself up and step into that creative role that, you know, without this community, I don't think we would have ever, you know, found that in ourselves. Mm-hmm. I agree. It It's just, I don't know. I feel like I have more confidence than I've had before. I feel more sure of myself and, you know, you, you, you kind of go through the world and you're, you wonder whether or not you should be a certain way with certain people. And if your interests are cool and, you know, it took me, it took me a long time. It took me up until a couple years ago to just be like, I, I like nerdy things. I don't care. This is what I'm going to talk about. This is me. This is who I am. Here you go. <laughs> so, and it, it took being in a community to realize like I wasn't abnormal and that there were people like me to really feel comfortable doing that. So, And I think you would probably agree. That's like the most valuable thing that any 
that anybody gets by joining in and having these discussions. And if you had told me five years ago, someday you're going to go to Disney parks and you're going to meet up with friends that you met online through Disney. <laughs> right? I would have said that is absolute insanity, but it happens all the time. And even within the larger community, you find you know, subcategories and we talk to so many podcasters or I feel like you could even put out and say like, I want to have a figment lovers (laughs) United meeting on this day at this location and people would show up. And it's just so insane to think about that. Yeah, it it is. It definitely is. So I think, you know, that does kind of bring us to a lot of the things that you do on your social media that you mentioned as far as, you know, creating your own content. But, you know, you do support others. I mean, so frequently and in such beautiful ways, you know, you did the the Frozen in July challenge. So how do you kind of decide what to participate in and how you're going to go about that? Um you know, do you have any tips for anyone else who is trying to, you know, get into that space? Yeah. And, you know, as far as I guess I, I do a lot of Disney bounds and style. So I know it's it's clothing focused. And, you know, I it's it's my process has changed because I very much, you know, was whatever's in my closet. This is what I'm going to style. And, you know, I, I kind of try to stick to that. But if if I know that someone that, you know, I am, you know, friends with or acquaintances with or someone who supported me is doing a project and there's even remotely close to something in my closet and I just need to buy one thing like I'll, I'll I will get on Amazon and I will I will get something to support that person. And so I try to plan my stuff like the the content for me specifically. I try to plan it out like weeks in advance. And I, you know, I've kind of gotten to this place where I don't unless it's a special day or something like that, I I don't really, it's not a big deal to me. Like when I post a certain picture and at first, you know, I used to be like, I want my grid to look this way. And now I just kind of post what I like. And so I, I allow myself to build up enough content to have, you know, to not be able to stress for at least a month. And then, you know, when these challenges pop up, when the Disney bound says we've got a challenge next week, then I'm scrambling and I'm looking in my closet. Like what, what do I have now? What could I potentially borrow from a friend? Or is there something really cheap I can get off Amazon that I can, I know for a fact that I could use again in the future. So, um, it, it's, it recently, it's really all over the place. I used to be more organized. Organized. Now that I'm talking, I'm not organized anymore. <laughs> well, I, think, yeah. I think that's a balance that many people have to have. And we've had to figure that out of, you know, sometimes you want to sit down and you want to go in and you want to schedule all your posts for the next two weeks, three weeks, month, whatever it might be. But then you kind of lose some of that, you know, ability to enjoy it and, you know, posting something that's relevant to the time or whatever it might be. So Mm -hmm. I think you have to find that balance for sure. But but also when you do plan ahead and you don't have to stress about creating content, then that allows you to have the conversations that you want to have, that you can consume a lot of the content that you otherwise would be missing because you're spending time worrying about your own page. And I think, you know you do that so well of like Catherine said, you're supporting other creators and you're collaborating and you're having these discussions and you're, you're nerding out, which is, I think what everybody wants so badly to be able to have that space to do it. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think it's, I think the the most important thing is making sure that the content is there and then just plug and play and decide where to, where it fits. You know, I, um, I went to celebration a couple weeks ago and I took a photo in like a strawberry headband and I realized that there was an ice cream shop. And so I went in and bought an ice cream cone and I had no idea that, a couple weeks later that national ice cream day was coming up. I just had this photo that I could post on national ice cream day. So I just, you know, having a a wide variety of things and, you know, I like to, I don't particularly do one type of outfit or one style. And I just, I just do what I like for the moment and and plug and play, you know? (laughs) So I feel like Disney bounding is 
to me, it's very overwhelming because I'm not very I can with, see <laughs> with any of those things. But it is, you know, such a fun world to, to at least for me, I just like to witness it. <laughs> but I think part of it is something that me and Brendan have never participated in. But maybe we will now that we're in Florida. Yes, I have to. I had to ask you about Dapper Days because I know you love it. What would be advice for newbies like us or what would you suggest? Like, what's a good entry point maybe? Okay. Uh, So first, I think for a lot of people, Disney bounding seems unattainable, but it is not. I mean, I mean, you get better over time. Like as you do it, you start to realize like what you feel comfortable in. Um, I try to showcase like bounds with my regular clothes, but Dabber Day, I do get theatrical. So I usually try to keep it for the most part. I'm starting to change up my style a little bit, but I try to showcase bounds that are things that people could find in their closet. Um, so that it does seem obtainable. Dapper Day is a little bit more theatrical. I will say um, it's hard because the weather, like you just never know. Um, It could be extremely hot or it could be extremely cold. So Dapper Day of 2018 was extremely hot, like fall Dapper Day, the one in November. But this past Dapper Day 2019 was extremely cold. And so just have backups like how you know have your outfit but have like a sweater to pack just in case because you just never know what the weather is going to be like in Florida in the middle of November it could be cold it could be hot um comfortable shoes it's a big thing um don't overwhelm yourself with being too many places. I know there are a lot of meetups that happen on Dapper Day, but kind of, you know, find your meetup, stick to it. Don't feel pressed to, to show up to everything. You know, I think that's a big thing. I, I tend to stretch myself on Dapper Day and show up to a bunch of different meetups, but plan ahead, plan early, because what I find is I try not to spend money on bounds, but my Dapper Day bounds usually end up, I usually end up spending a little bit more just for props. And, you know, everyone wants to do an, a time period. So start planning your, like when you're done with spring Dapper Day, plan fall Dapper Day. That that's a good I think that's probably the best advice is to plan ahead and start slowly getting your pieces that way you don't spend on (laughs) maybe I'd like I said it's a little overwhelming I'd have to go like dapper days for beginners but I mean I love consuming that content like when it's dapper day like that's a field day on Instagram it's so fun Also, so the Saturday I find is usually a lot more laid back than Sunday. And I can't tell you why, but Saturday is usually, Saturday is usually the better day, I find. It's not actual Dapper Day. Actual Dapper Day is Sunday, but usually there's an event, like there's a a Friday night mingle event, which I feel like is really great to meet people. And then there's the Saturday pre dapper day. And then there's dapper day on Sunday. My favorite day is usually always Saturday. Mm. So that's good to know too. And I think it's funny that you mentioned the weather because Florida weather is crazy, but I feel like Tennessee weather is also very crazy. (laughs) Tennessee, Tennessee weather is very crazy. I would say the main difference is that in Tennessee, you usually can see it coming as far as whether or not it's going to be cold or like, I, I don't know, like there's a gradual like change from it being cold to not cold. Whereas here it, it could be cold in the morning and really hot. And the, the difference in temperature isn't a lot. Like, you know, if you wake up and it says it's going to be 40 degrees in the morning and 70 in Tennessee, you know what you're going to get. Like, you know, it's going to be freezing in the morning and, and, and then it'll feel good. But 70 here, just it's 70 here. Isn't right. I don't like it. <laughs> it's not warm. It's not warm. Spoken like a true Floridian. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, it's like a bone chilling cold at 70 degrees. I tell you. <laughs> we have changed already. Our thermostat used to always be set on 70 in Tennessee. And we've already, part of it's cost savings. We've already transitioned. We're a 73 household now, which is a big change. Ah, yeah. <laughs> but I did want to hit on, since you have made the move recently, like we did, how do you expect that to change your page? Or do you think it's going to stay pretty much the same? Are there new, exciting opportunities you're looking forward to? Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's definitely, it's first off, you know, I, I've made friends in this community. I create a lot with my friends. And so just being down here has, I feel like we're creating together a lot more. So that's one way that it's changed. Um, Also, I just, the opportunity to be in the park and create content, I feel significantly less stressed knowing that I can go into the park and I just have to worry about content for however long, you know, I don't, when I would come down here, I would have photo shoots. I would get like seven months worth of content, two months worth of content and packed in a full, like four days. And, and I just, I like that. I can, I feel like I can enjoy myself a little bit more in the park. Like I hate photo shoots. I don't have to have like photo shoots in the park. I can just take photos and whatever outfit I'm in and whatever food I'm eating in the moment. And that's good enough. I don't have to do any changes in the restroom. I not fun (laughs) to change in a magic kingdom restroom. And so I just, and I feel like because of that, I can enjoy myself a lot more. I also, because I have two pages, you know, finding that balance of having unique content on both pages is something that I'm still trying to work through. And now that I'm here, it's, it's becoming a little bit easier. And I I have content saved for both pages and I still have work to do for sure, but I, it's headed in the right direction for me to be able to manage both of my pages and give somewhat of a unique experience. So that that's another thing that um, is really exciting. And I have an exciting opportunity on Monday um, at Disney where they are actually, um, you said this comes out on the 10th, right? (laughs) Okay. I'm getting hosted at Disney um, for Epcot food and wine. And that's the first time I've ever had that opportunity. And I would be stressed out, out of my mind, wondering if I could even, you know, take off or come down here, but I'm down here. And so I feel like that's, that's an opportunity that definitely, um, now works for me because I'm here. So, well, that is so exciting and congratulations. I know that is a, a very huge deal. And I know that you will share so much amazing content that they will continue inviting you back again and again and again. So I'm sure that'll be first of many. Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) I hope I do a good job. (laughs) Well, we can't wait to follow along at this point. Now that it's come out, you did it. You did a great job. We we can celebrate. Um, So this has been such a fun conversation, learning more about your story and your content and how you've grown so much over time. And we have loved following along for the short period of time. And we look forward to everything that you're going to grow into. So we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our partners. And then we will be back to play the fast pass rounds. All right. Sounds good. Today's episode is brought to you by Tailwind. Something that we love so much about Tailwind is it allows us to sit down together, plan out our week, plan out the content that we want to share with you, and then kind of set it and forget it so that we can better manage our time throughout the week. It's a really helpful tool, and it's something that we also think you might enjoy. So if you're interested, go to detourtoneverland.com forward slash Tailwind, or you can check out the link in the show notes. Okay, so we're back. And again, we're going to use our new roulette wheel. Super excited. So are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. I was hoping this one would come I know. Up. <laughs> okay, so there's a backstory behind this one. So we mentioned that we talked to Jeffrey. And yes, love we Jeffrey. Want to see if your stories match up for this question. Okay. <laughs> We asked, what is your funniest Disney memory or the hardest that you've ever laughed being in the parks? 
Oh, we've had a couple. Um, maybe Jeffrey's is there's this. Oh, well, some people love it, but there's this Brazilian cheese bread. (laughs) (laughs) I was not a fan. Um, Everyone keeps telling me that I should give it another try, but I seriously, like, I have nightmares about it. Uh, But I couldn't chew through it. And it was really sad because I don't. I don't waste food, but we had friends eat it. <laughs> that was it. it <laughs> yeah, we. OK, so we were in Epcot just yesterday and we walked by the Brazil booth and it <laughs> dawned on us that we should try it. But we couldn't bring ourselves to do it because of that story. <laughs> it was hard. Guys, I like everything. I, I literally like everything. I love cheese. I love bread. It appeared to be the perfect scenario. And I was let down. Well, that could be your entire hosted event. It may just yeah. be a <laughs> just full tasting <laughs> of Brazilian cheese bread. So uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Next one would be, where would you want to take Walt for a drink? Oh, I feel like we have to be on Disney property. Okay, so if we're going Disney property, I am a huge fan of Enchanted Rose uh, and I'm dying to get back. But they had amazing drinks. They had amazing food and it was just a beautiful location. And I feel like it would be a great spot to take a friend. We've actually never been there. It's on our really? our list of want to do's, but for whatever reason, we've just never made it over there. And it, it's so hard to to now get to resorts. And you can have a, I guess you could get a dining reservation and then like hang out at the lounge after or before. But it's it's difficult to be in those resorts now. That was a big bummer for us. Yeah. Not having that because we expected, you know, probably similar to you, you know, when we planned this whole move, Mm -hmm. you know, we just expected to be able to pop on over whenever we wanted, wherever we wanted. Yes. The same with the parks. Like I, you know, I had this idea, oh, when I get off work, I could just pop over to Epcot for dinner. That is, that dream is long gone. So (laughs) maybe one day, hopefully not for long. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So the next one would be, what is your favorite attraction in Animal Kingdom? Ooh, Animal Kingdom. (sighs) I'm going to go Flight of Passage. It's hard for me because part of me wants to say Expedition Everest, but I'm going to go Flight of Passage. Hard to argue with that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Next one would be your favorite sweet snack. Sweet snack. So there are these Nutella waffles at Sleepy Hollow in Magic Kingdom, and they have fruit on them. Delicious. Delicious. See, we've never tried that one, but we always get the um, the chicken and waffle. I've heard that one's good. That one's really good, too. It's kind of just like a little sweet and spicy. Mm-hmm. I did see last time you got that, I was just standing at the window and I saw the cast member making the Nutella waffle. That was the largest vat of <laughs> Nutella I've ever seen in my entire life. It was unreal. Okay, fine. That's good stuff. <laughs> no, they sold it in that quantity. <laughs> like, oh, we can have five gallons of Nutella. <laughs> so next one is who is your favorite villain? Hades. Definitely my favorite villain. Um, I also really love Yzma, but Hades by far is my favorite. He's got the jokes. So can I say I'm sensing you like some sarcasm in your villains? <laughs> I do. And he's he's one of the only villains that's he's not dead. I mean, I guess he's kind of dead because he's Lord of the Dead, but he didn't die. He's still he's still at large. Hades could come back. I've never thought about that. Yeah, that's a very good point. So huh. now you, you think we need a Hades movie? Oh, ah. my goodness. <laughs> it would probably be a good movie. It probably would. You have to get the right person, though. I was about to say, um, yeah, James Woods, probably not, probably not going to be Hades. 
<laughs> going forward. Yeah. But um, but yeah, if they could get someone great, I'd be all for a, a Hades movie. I'm interested in the, if they do the live action, which I guess they're still planning to. Yeah, they could. They could either knock it out of the park or it, Hades could be awful. Yeah, that's the thing about these live actions. You know, I don't. Most of them I don't hate. I don't necessarily love them, but I don't necessarily hate them. Um, but it just some things maybe should be untouched. I don't know. But at the same time, I want to see it. It's hard. It's caught between a you should leave that alone. But I, I want more like I need Hercules content. So <laughs> that's that's the truth bomb right there. We need more Hercules content. <laughs> <laughs> so your next question is, what is your favorite meal on property? Favorite meal? Um, so I really liked the character dining experience at Storybook Dining. I think, um, I mean, that one was great. Like I love the, the setup in the dining hall. I love the food. I thought the presentation was great. Everything tasted wonderful. You got a lot of food for your money and you got to try a lot of different things. So I would say that's definitely um, one of those dining experiences that stuck out for me. And I'm not a big character dining person, but I, I really enjoyed that one. So it's on my list as a top dining experiences. It's a good one. We haven't tried that one either. So hopefully it'll come back someday. And Gotta we'll... try. Yeah. Um, so I know everything gone. I know. We're trying to just ignore it. Just yeah. not even. <laughs> yeah. Just we'll be grateful for what we have. Yeah. Because. <laughs> oh Can you imagine like the day that they bring back like fireworks or something, you know, just oh. like the buzz. Wow. I mean, talk about excitement. Yeah. But would yeah. you want to be there? Because it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be insane. I mean, hopefully. Yeah. And hopefully by the time they bring back fireworks, everything will be, you know, clear and and good to go. So but um, yeah, it, it might be kind of scary. <laughs> Alternative idea. We go we get California Grill reservations. Yeah. The first ones there. from up there. Or Polly. Polly Beach. So that leads into the next question, which is what is your favorite Disney resort? And it doesn't necessarily have to be one that you stayed at. So as far as ones that I just I I dream of being able to stay in Animal Kingdom Lodge. I have not stayed in Animal Kingdom Lodge, though. Um, my favorite resort that I've stayed at Um Overall, I would say I'm, I'm as you can see, I'm pretty indecisive. I can't just pick one thing <laughs> for anything. Um, I really like Saratoga Springs. I've stayed there a couple times. I just I really like the resort. I feel like it's underrated. But the Grand is a great place, too. So I don't know. No. Right, let's go Animal Kingdom. <laughs> I think. That would be my pick, too. But now that you're local, do you think you're going to try to do just like weekend trips to try to knock out all these different resorts still? Or what's your approach going to be? Yeah, you know, I think that staycations will definitely be in the future because um, I, I do still want to stay at resorts. And I, I sometimes, you know, we. I've come down here and I've stayed at a resort, but because I wanted to go to the park, I feel like I didn't really get my bang for my buck when I stayed at the resort. So I think it'll be nice to maybe experience a resort and it, it just be a couple days at the resort and not going to the park. So for sure, um, more resorts is in the future. Don't know when I'll be staying at one next though. So we'll have to see. Yeah. Very fair. So the next one would be, what is your least favorite Disney movie? Maybe just least one favorite. hit the mark. Yeah. Least, least favorites are hard. Bar. Least favorites <laughs> are hard as far as movies. Wow. Um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Brave. People are going to throw rocks at me. I'm not a huge fan of Brave. I don't know why. It just it wasn't my favorite. 
can't tell you why. <laughs> I mean, I like it. I feel like it yeah. comes on freeform like every other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not my favorite. I'm also not a huge Peter Pan person in Peter Pan is very polarizing in the Disney community. But Peter Pan is creepy, so I'm I'm not a big Peter Pan person. Oh man. Brendan, how do you feel about that? I mean, I honestly <laughs> I understand why people don't like Peter Pan. I'm more like the idea of Peter Pan. And if I'm being completely honest, I'm gonna if I if they're sitting next to each other and I have to pick one, I'm gonna watch Hook before I watch Peter Pan. I love Hook, yeah. So I think it's like the idea of Peter Pan more than the actual movie. No, the idea is great and Neverland is great. But Peter Pan, yeah. It it was weird because, you know, we Peter Pan was the only one of the only VHS tapes that we didn't have in my household. But my cousin had Peter Pan and we would watch it over there. And I was just like, I, well, I don't want this movie anyway. So <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, very polarizing. <laughs> so our last question of the Fast Pass round is going to be for you. If you could experience one past or extinct attraction or show, which one would it be? Ooh, um, definitely Spectro Magic. I miss the Spectro Magic Parade. It was my favorite nighttime parade. And I just I love the soundtrack and I have so many memories. And, you know, I don't know what we're going to get for the 50th now because things have changed due to COVID-19. But I was really hoping that, you know, for the anniversary that Walt Disney World, that when they brought back a nighttime show, that they would do a little tribute to Spectro Magic, kind of how Paint the Night was a little tribute tribute to the electrical light parade. So I don't know. Um, but I would love Spectra magic back. That's like the best idea I've heard in a long time. <laughs> or get some wishes action in there. Uh, wishes. I, yeah, I'm, I'm unpopular opinion. Wishes is, is my, I liked wishes better. Happily Ever After is great. Like the show itself is great, but something about that, like soundtrack to Wishes was just magical. Soundtrack is everything for me. I'm a music person. So I was going to say, it's definitely the music that I miss about Wishes. Mm -hmm. Well, let's get on. Let's get on board. Let's make this happen because now we got to get in contact with the right people. We have talked about that, that, if things are back to normal by then, I mean, surely, surely they will be. But I guess we never know. That would be probably our first staycation would be for the 50th anniversary next year. Mm-hmm. I feel like you got to go to contemporary. And I even hate saying that on the episode. Not that it's going to make a significant difference. But it's going to go steal your idea. Yeah. Now, hopefully, hopefully people will forget. <laughs> yeah. We've got a while. Yeah. Hopefully we'll forget or you'll get there first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to get in there first. But yeah, I mean, contemporary, I've always wanted to stay there. Um, Bay Lake Tower looks beautiful. That um, DVC resort. So I would love to stay there. Um, but California Grill, fireworks. Sounds like a dream. Yeah, I'm with you there. Oh, yeah. So our very last question for you is if you have one piece of parting guidance that you could give to someone who's looking to jump into this community, maybe they want to create their own Instagram page or create content, whatever it might be. What would your advice be to that person? I would say to really, really get to know people in the community and reach out to people and start groups. And, you know, I've met a lot of people um, when I first started, I was in um, DM groups and that's how I met a lot of people. Now um, I feel like I'm in a bunch of groups for projects, <laughs> but you know, you finish the project and everyone still is communicating. So, you know, when you see someone say, Hey, like, do you want to do this? Or are you interested in groups and, and finding friends? Just really get to know the people in the community, because honestly, I think that that has impacted 
any, if you could call what I've had a little bit of success, it's definitely been impacted by making those connections in the community. And, you know, when, when I have a project or when my picture gets posted on the Disney bound or a brand like Couture Kingdom or a Vera Bradley posts it, you know, the people in the community, when they see it, they share it to these groups and say, Hey, like, did you see like magical cake is on this? And then everybody, they're just like, Oh, like, you know, this is awesome. And they, they hype you up and they go and they like it and they support it and they share it in their stories. And, and so just really getting to know people, I think has helped me be because of those people who are sharing me in their stories, I'm being found, I'm being seen, uh, my content's getting pushed and, and then you, and then you make friends. I've made a lot of friends. So I, I think that that is very important. And I I think that's the most important piece of advice I can give to anyone is just to network because not only do you make friends, those people support you, but you also get to ask and bounce ideas off of people. When you have a picture and your Photoshop is looking crappy, you can ask that person (laughs) if they can help you with the Photoshop. You know, there are just so many ways that you can benefit from knowing people in the community. Um, So yeah, that's, that's pretty much, I think, what I would tell someone. And I, I mean, that is such an underrated, I feel like, piece of the, you know, piece of everything that we do because community and that connection with those other people, I mean, that is everything, you know, that is what makes us Mm -hmm. feel so validated. And that's what gives all of us kind of that drive to want to do more and continue to network. So I think that's great advice. And of course, before we have to say goodbye. Kristen, will you remind our listeners one more time where they can find you on social media? Yes. So you can find me at Magical Cake and that's Magical K-A-K-E. And then my other page is Beauty and that's B-E-A-U-T-I-E and The Bubbly. Perfect. So, of course, we'll put both of those links down in our show notes so you can go over there and connect with Kirsten. We highly recommend it. We've loved following along and we so appreciate you coming on and chatting with us today and sharing your story. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you guys for inviting me. This was fun. I've never done a podcast before, so it's really nervous, but I think it was okay. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon.